Welcome to Chinwag Tuesdays, your passport to a world of language and culture. Welcome to another episode of Chinwag Tuesdays. I'm Amanda and I'm really excited for today's special guest, Ben, who's actually a fellow Aussie ESL teacher who's now living in Taiwan. So thank you so much for being here, Ben. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Oh, good. So how about you start off by telling everyone a bit about yourself? Sure. So I'm Ben. Uh, I'm Australian uh, and I live in Taiwan, as you mentioned. Um, I am I'm half Asian, so my mum's Singaporean, uh, my dad's Australian, so um, I guess that's part of the reason why I ended up in Taiwan. I think I've always had an interest in exploring different countries and cultures. So um, yeah, I've been living here for almost eight years now, which is quite a long time. Um, what else? Yeah. Um, I grew up in Perth, uh, in Australia. So I, I was living there for about 25 years before I went abroad, but I lived in Melbourne for a year as well, uh, which is really nice. Um, it's a typical Perth thing to do, isn't it? Moving to, to <laughs> Melbourne. <laughs> um, I'm not sure how familiar yeah. you are with, with Perth or the West coast. Um, you're, you're more based on the East coast, right? I am, but my sister lives in Perth now. Oh, so okay. Been there cool. for All about right. yeah. So she's been oh, how long has she been living there for? Over ten years, I think close to fifteen years. She must be living there. So yeah, she's been there mm-hmm. for a while. I visited her about a year ago. I was there. So I do quite mm-hmm. like her. It's very dry, very very different to the east coast, but it's beautiful yeah. in its own way. Yeah, yeah. It's we're a little bit too far away <laughs> from everything, and I think that that has <laughs> like pros and cons. <laughs> uh, I yeah, know, but place. it's six hours from any capital city to get yeah. there. <laughs> Yeah, basically, yeah. So we have, I well, uh, without going into too much detail, I think often people from Perth have itchy feet, you know, like we, we feel like yeah. we're so far away from everything that we want to explore and travel. So a lot of my closest friends yeah. all live all around the world. Not many people actually live in Perth anymore, which is a bit sad. Um, yeah. yeah, it's just one of those types of places. I've been teaching ESL stuff for about eight mm-hmm. years as well since I first moved to wow. uh, Taiwan. Um, yeah, so that involves a lot of teaching kids. I taught adults. Um, I did some mm-hmm. school management stuff. Um, I worked in a training department for a little while as well. So yeah. um, that's all been pretty fun. And like last year, I quit my job and just started working online. Uh, started working <laughs> independently. Uh, got out of the system. Um, and that's been really great. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, was, it was a bit tough at the beginning. I, I know you're doing something similar on Amazing Talker. I'm on Preply. Yeah. That jump was quite interesting and it's been good so it's all going well so far so i originally started on cambly which um oh. i just started doing that as a bit of a kind of hobby but it gave me that kind of experience to um teach online get those kind of skills and then i started looking at other platforms got rejected mm-hmm. from properly <laughs> i oh. talking didn't have anything open for teachers mm-hmm. Because um, back then I didn't have like any kind of teaching qualifications, like in terms of a TEFL certificate or anything. Um, then I found Amazing Talker, and that's sort of where I've been since. So yeah, very cool. very similar path. How cool! Yeah, nice. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, that's a shame uh, about Preflix. I think it's pretty good. Uh, I quite like it. So, anyway. Yeah. It is pretty. Yeah. Bizarre. Well, I actually do um, my own Hindi classes through Preflix, so I quite like the oh. Preflix platform for that. Yeah. So I do that mm. two times a week. Just conversational classes, basically what I teach, I'm getting taught. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> so I'm really curious. So eight years in Taiwan. Um, mm. Why Taiwan, though? What made you pick Taiwan of all places? Yeah, so originally 
I just wanted to live abroad. So I was looking at yeah. teaching English um, because I, you know, I had a degree and I just wanted to try teaching. And actually, so my mom speaks Chinese and so okay. I have Chinese ancestry. So I felt like I had yeah. to at some point maybe go and try and learn Chinese. Um, and so my mom had uh-huh. told me that, oh, you should go to Taiwan because Taiwanese Chinese sounds much nicer than like, mainland China Chinese uh, in terms of the accent. Yeah. Right? Right. Yeah. So that, that was what she said. And I was like, okay, I'll just give it a go. And I had been to mainland a little bit before. I quite liked it. Um, it it's nice. It's pretty, it's pretty crazy, interesting place. Um, but I found mm. Taiwan was like a nice balance. I got way too comfortable <laughs> in Taiwan. So <laughs> I, rich, I originally planned to stay like one or two years, but now I've sort of carved out a life in Taiwan. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So tell me about culture shock. Like what are the things that you struggled with when you first moved? Because obviously, like you yeah. said, your mum is like has that Chinese kind of ancestry. Did you have many culture shocks when you moved? Yeah, so I think culture shock was a strange one for me. I, I felt like uh, <laughs> I compare it a little bit to like people who got COVID at the end. You know, like I, I thought I was invincible, and then eventually <laughs> culture shock hit me. Um, so okay, you know, originally okay. I've been traveling around for about maybe about six months before I got to Taiwan. So I was very excited to eat Asian food again because I usually eat Asian food at home. Um, And so when I came to Taiwan, I realized that all the food is very similar to what my mom cooks because she Mm -hmm. like, I don't know if you know the history of it, but like there's a lot of people who migrated from China, the Fujian province in the Southeast and they went to Mm -hmm. Taiwan, they went to Singapore, they went to Malaysia. So it's actually the same like ethnic group. So there's a lot of connections (laughs) there that I was found, I found, Mm-hmm. like oh they like they use the same word for grandma and grandpa that i like learned when i was a kid so that yeah. i think really helps make the culture shock smoother um but yeah over time yeah like little things <laughs> kind of like pick away at yeah a little bit so um i mean yeah. one of the things i think just like little things like driving you know the way people drive and the rules around that mm-hmm. um you know, uh, you're, you're, I guess you're never fully comfortable. There's always like little things that you have to be mindful of. So I think that yeah. they became more clear as I stayed here longer. So I, I think it is very different for different people too. You know, like I, mm. I know quite a lot of people that um, are probably, mm, yeah, I don't know. They, they haven't had any exposure to an Asian country. So when they move to Taiwan, it's just such a huge shock. And I, I can imagine that yeah. would be really tough for them. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and what about you? Yeah, I'm quite curious because what was your exposure to Indian culture oh, before mate. you moved there? Okay. To be honest, <laughs> when I moved here, I had visited five times. So oh. I'd been to India five times before I moved. Um, I spent four, four months here back in like 2014. It's been 10 years since my first visit. I was here 10 years mm-hmm. ago. Went back in 2015 for about a month. Went back again in 2018 for like 10 days. Met my now husband. Um, came back again for a month, a month later. And then at the end of 2018, I came back for another month. So I had a lot of exposure, but living in a place is very different to being on vacation and holiday, holiday, very, very different. And I wasn't expecting that. So for me, I didn't have any knowledge of the language. Okay. Besides like knowing how to count to 10, which I learned in primary school, because my school we learned the Punjabi language because my hometown in Australia yeah is the home of the very first Sikh temple of Australia oh so yes I've sort of been around Indian culture my whole life um 
but I didn't know the language. Um, so that was really hard. That was probably the biggest culture shock was it was very isolating. Um, my husband speaks English, his sister speaks English, but his parents don't speak any English. So when they would come over, they lived just 20 minutes away. So when they would come over, we, I couldn't understand a thing. So it was kind of isolating and very lonely. So we got a dog. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that was probably the hardest thing. Food, food was fine for me for the first few months, but then I was like, like, I'm just done. I need some like Western food. And then I was cooking Western food for like months because I was really missing it. And then my husband's like, I need Indian food. I can't keep eating this Western food all the time. <laughs> so now we have like a bit of a balance. So I learned how to cook like local North Indian food during the pandemic. Um, so we eat that for lunch every day, but I'll have like a Western breakfast and Western dinner. Um, mm -hmm. Driving is just chaos here. There's no road rules. Um, you could be driving, they're on the same side of the road as Australia, which is great. But like if you're driving along the road, you could have cars coming directly at you because maybe it's quicker going on our side of the road instead of their side of the road. There can course, be tractors, yeah. there's cows, there's dogs. Like there was a running buffalo coming at us a few nights ago. <laughs> so <clears throat> I do drive here locally. But because of that, the last two times I've gone home, I haven't driven. I've been too scared to drive in Australia because I've gotten used to having no rules. <laughs> that I was like, when I went home, I was like, I don't want to drive. What if I break a rule for speeding or I beat my horn at someone because I'm trying to overtake? So I haven't done it. Yeah. Well, like reverse culture shock is very real. And, and a few people have talked to me about yeah. it. And um, I did get a little mm -hmm. bit of that sense uh, as well. I, I went back for the first time. Um, it was last year, so 2023 in April. I went back for about yeah. a month and that was the first time in over five years. So um, wow. yeah, quite strange. Uh, just the, the quiet, mm -hmm. like little things like the quietness, you know, like Australia's yeah. really quiet and dark and things like that. It's strange. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I had my re my reverse culture shock was pretty bad to be honest. Like I was okay for a couple of days, and then it kind of hit me. And I went back for the first time. Oh, it's the start of the year, so it's that awkward time where I don't know what I'm saying. Um, I went back at the end of twenty twenty two. Yeah, <laughs> so December January that year for Christmas, and I was back for five weeks, and I was so excited. I hadn't been home in four and a, in three and a half years. I was so excited to go back, but everything had changed and I wasn't expecting that. Like, of course, things are going to change. I can't expect my family and friends to remain the same as when I left, but my family dynamics had changed. My, at that time, my parents had separated, so that was, like, hard to go back to and have those separate lives. Mm. My sister was pregnant. She had another kid. My brother had moved into a new house. So there was all these changes I had to process, and it was just like, wow. holy shit, like, whoa. Yeah, and then there was like little things as well, like that I kind of had to process about, mm -hmm. um, just like silly things, like what was one? Um, oh, I'm vegetarian now. So when I lived in Australia, I wasn't. So when I was going back through Singapore Airport in India, I don't think I've got any food around me to show you, but in India, there's red and green dots on all the food. So oh. red dot means that it's made from animal products or it has some kind of like maybe egg or meat in it. Green means pure vegetarian, so no egg. So I'm walking through the airport looking for this damn green dot everywhere. 
And of course, they don't have that. So I was like, oh, my God, I feel like I'm too Indian for outside of India, but I'm too Australian. (laughs) I'm too Australian for India, and I'm in this in-between culture moment. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I can can really relate to that. I think that's how I felt for most of my life a little bit, uh, just being a little bit too Asian for Australia and then too definitely too too Western for for Taiwan, um, just being sort of wedged in the middle. Yeah. Um, That's interesting. It's interesting that, that... you have that feeling as well. I can understand that with all, everything yeah. that you went back to, that's crazy. Like in three years yeah. for that to happen, that would be quite overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And then I went back again last year in September and it was fine. I was back for three weeks. And because I went through all of those changes the first time, I was like seasoned pro. I knew how to get through the airport. I knew what to eat. I knew how to like get to this place. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So the last time I went back, no, no reverse culture shock, nothing. Um, okay. When I came back to India after my first trip, I felt like I went through reverse, reverse culture shock. I don't really know how else to call it, like because it's not really culture shock because this is my my home now, but it's not reverse culture shock. So I kind of had to go through some of those Indian things again, and it was just, oh, it was honestly really hard. But the second yeah. time around was fine. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think um, although there are these difficulties, though, we, we do have the, the benefit of being able to uh, constantly be exposed to these, like, fresh ideas or different ways to think about things. Yeah. That's what I really appreciate. Like, I like being uh, – if I stay in a place for too long, yeah, then you kind of forget that, like, oh, well, they do things differently in a different place and you don't take it for granted. So, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah something I really all. like about it. Mm. <laughs> Uh, yeah, my last trip back to Australia, I felt like I needed to uh, build a little bit more of a connection with Australia. And that, that's one of the main reasons that I started the Aussie Slang Gang like, account because, um, yeah, like students wanted some help with it, but I felt like I also needed a way to connect with Australia and then stay in touch. Um, so that's really been, it's been really nice. It's like therapy for me a little bit, <laughs> which is cool. My God, um, yes, I totally relate to this because I did it for the mm. same reason. <laughs> right, right, like, right. I started teaching online, but how I got into Aussie English or teaching Australian English was that people started booking me on Amazing Talker just because I'm Australian. And that's when I realised, like, oh, there's this kind of, there's a bit of a gap with, like, online Australian English teachers. So I was like, all right, well, I'll just go along with that and I'll work with that. And then, yeah, I found that it kind of helped connect me back to Australia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. That's, uh, that's exactly what happened because I was trying to, uh, you know, appeal to everybody and, and, you know, I've spent a lot of time teaching American English and stuff. Um, Australia yeah. is not a popular niche in Taiwan at all either. So, but yeah, mm. all these people were booking me being like, I need help with like living in Australia or like speaking Australian yeah. English. So that's really what yeah. pushed me back into it as well, which is, it's really nice. It's like yeah. full circle. I feel like it's, if you believe yeah. in fate, <laughs> things like that. Yeah. I, yeah. I guess actually I want to um, correct that for what I, what I said, essentially um, Australian English isn't really a focus. You know, when people learn English in, yeah, um, in Taiwan, yeah. it's, it's always, yeah, American English or, or British English is even kind of niche. Uh, everything's mostly American yeah. English. So, um, yeah. yeah, I've had to sort of hide my Australianness uh, when I teach English here, um, but yeah, I don't okay. anymore, which is nice. Yeah. Yeah. You can embrace that. Love it. That's okay. right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So what do you find interesting or different about Taiwanese culture compared to Australia? Yes. I love this question. So, um, I had to, I thought about this for a while. So, um, 
Yeah, what do I find different? I think the biggest one was really the individualism versus like collectivism. So, you know, like yeah. in Australia, um, yeah, generally we, I guess we prioritize ourselves and like, you know, self well-being, um, self, you know, career, like everything like that. And although family is still important, I think it's, it's shown me, uh, coming to Taiwan has shown me a very different way of operating where, yeah. um, you know, that, collective good and the common good is very, very important. I'm sure it's similar for you as well. Um, one example I wanted to give was actually, yeah, right. Um, one example was the reaction to COVID. Uh, and this is interesting because basically as soon as COVID hit in Taiwan, the next day, everyone was wearing face masks. And I know that like yeah. people have different views about it, but I think that mm. at least, you know, uh, well, I felt very obliged to wear the face mask just because everyone else yeah. was. Um, and you know, like the Taiwan managed the situation we pretty well. Life. So yeah, you know, oh, that's right. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes, yeah, I don't know, I don't know how far I should go into this, but sometimes there's, there's a time and place to question things and like, um, yeah. you know, there's a time and place to just like, you know, show up and do what you're told. And, um, you know, especially for yeah. when it's about people that you can't relate to, you know, like you might not care, yeah. but other people do. So all that kind of stuff is interesting. Yeah. I'm still learning about it too. I'm trying to be more collective, uh, trying to find the balance because I am very individually yeah. oriented. I think the other one I was going to comment on uh, was about like Australia is very multicultural. Um, and although, mm. uh, yeah, there's like different layers to that, you know, like I think, um, it's very hard for someone to come to Australia from overseas and then become really good friends with like local Australians. But there's like there's yeah. lots of different types of Australians too. You know, there's like Australians yeah. who moved when they were five years old or there's Australians who moved yeah. for high school and there's like all these yeah. different types. Um, but in Taiwan, it's very homogenous. So, um, mm -hmm. you know, it's very, it's very different. Oh, Taipei might be a little bit different. Taipei is pretty multicultural but all the mm. other cities are very homogenous. So if you are not Taiwanese, then there's a lot of interest around like what you're doing here, like why are you here, things like that. So yeah. um, that's been an interesting adjustment and it has also shifted my perspective as well. And yeah, I guess the pros and cons of both a multicultural and a homogenous society. Wow, that is really interesting. I didn't realize that about Taiwan. Like, I mean, I kind of gathered that it probably was quite homogenous, but I didn't realize mm. that Taipei was maybe a little bit more multicultural, but... <laughs> I do know what you mean about Australia, though, because that's something that a lot of my students have said is that they do struggle to make friends with local Australians because I guess mm. they kind of feel that maybe local Australians might um, maybe don't want to be friends with foreigners, but I don't think it's like that at all. I just think that depending on your area, like if you're in Brisbane and maybe you're studying in Brisbane, for example, <clears throat> most of the Aussies there were born and raised in Brisbane and they've got their own mm -hmm. friends. and. Yeah. Like I've worked, I worked at Ayers Rock Resort for a year. I lived in Darwin for two years and I worked in hospitality. And most of my friends I made were like a mix of Aussies and foreigners. Mm. I think it just depends on the environment that you're in and the industry yeah. you're working in as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, this is obviously a question I get a lot as well. And I think uh, like I try and encourage people to think about um, finding common ground, right? And like thinking yeah. about, well, there's going to be a lot of Australians that you don't really have common ground with, right? And that's that's normal because you come from different yeah. sides of the world. So, but there are yeah. a group of Australians that you will have common ground with. So you probably want to try and find yeah. them and whatever those interests are or uh, like sports or exercise or like travel or whatever it is. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely tricky. agree to that. 
Yeah, yeah, it is. It's hard making friends in a new country as well. Like for me, it took mm. me, it took me quite a while to make friends. My best friend now, I actually met her through Instagram because one of my last times I came here on holidays when I went back to Australia, like <laughs> I'm such a proactive person. I was like, I'm going to start looking for friends now. <laughs> so that when I get to Australia, I'm gonna like I'm gonna nail this living thing. Um, when I get back to India, sorry. And yeah, I found this one girl, similar interests as me, lives in my city, like she loves working out, all that kind of stuff. And then eventually, I just messaged her, and then when I moved here, we connected, and yeah, we're like now best friends. But it took a long time to make any other friends. Now mm -hmm. it's okay. Like I'm a bit more like confident to talk to people because there was that fear of a language barrier as well. Um, because I don't know if people are going to speak Hindi or like they can understand my Hindi or if they speak English and yeah. But yeah, it's hard. It's hard making friends in a new country. You have to try and find find the common ground. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I, I also feel like uh, it gets harder as you get older. Like I'm 32 oh, now and yeah. like <laughs> being 32 and making friends is, is so much harder than it was when I was like 25. So um, yeah, that's a pretty... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm 33. Factor. I get it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. And I've I've just yeah. moved to a new city. I'm in Taichung now, which is in the the middle of Taiwan. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I was living in Taipei before. I lived in Yilan. I lived in Tainan. Um, so yeah, every time I move around, obviously need to make new friends. And uh, as I oh, get older, tough. it becomes harder. Um, yeah. So maybe I have yeah. to pick your brain, uh, or maybe I should get on Instagram and just like you know. Find the, I don't know, the Australian community group or something that's here. <laughs> yeah, well, actually, yes, that's what I did. I, one of, no, my mum, my mum suggested, why don't you look for like a Facebook group, like Expats in India or something? And that's what I did. And then oh. I found, um, I found a couple of people living in my city. Now, like after, sorry, because of COVID, a lot of foreigners went back to their home countries, but a lot of new ones have started coming now and there's a group of girls that i try and catch up with like once a month that live in my city so that's really nice not australians but it's nice to kind of connect with non-foreigners um yeah. sorry foreigners non-indians yeah, yeah. yeah. So i, I think good. i need to do that yeah i need to give that a go yeah <laughs> yes <laughs> but yes i'll give yeah. you some recommendations <laughs> yeah cool Perfect. all right aussie accent or slang do taiwanese people struggle to understand you uh, yeah, so actually, accent-wise, no. When people think I'm British. They, I, I oh, think yeah. My accent has changed a bit over time. Um, I think yeah. you've still got a pretty good Aussie accent, which is great. Uh, I, I still feel like I sound Australian. What do you think? Yeah. Do I sound Australian? I think you? So. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, no Australians ever questioned my Australianness through the accent, but <laughs> other people who aren't familiar, yeah, yeah they're not too sure. Um, it's more. I think it's more related to like the the phrasal verbs and sometimes the slang and the expressions yeah. that I use. Like, uh, like I was yeah. having, yeah, I was having, I was having a bit of an argument with my partner the other day. And like, I was like, uh, yeah, I was like, well, tough shit, right? Tough shit. You just have to do it. Right. Uh, and I was kind of like kind of joking and she, it's just funny. Cause she's like, like, what is it? What's tough shit? <laughs> and I realized like, oh, that's yeah. actually like, yeah, it is kind of a strange expression. Um, just little things like that. Um, the way things are said, yeah. um, yeah, another one that was really popular with my colleagues was um, take a squiz. So I, I didn't even notice that I said it, but I'd be like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll have a yeah, I'll have a squiz a bit later. And they're just like, what? like, I was the only yeah. Australian that worked uh, at that school. So, um, mm -hmm. yeah, they all started saying it and that was cool. You can share that with them. 
Um, but yeah. yeah, just little phrases like that. Yeah. What about you? So when I speak English here, I put on an Indian accent because oh, really? people can't understand me. Yeah. Like, well, it depends. With my friends, yeah, it's completely fine to just speak my, my normal accent. But if I'm talking English to someone for the first time, I'll have to, like, put on an in- Indian accent. Like, as an example, if I'm saying my phone number, the number four, I say four. One four four. <laughs> yeah, so That's awesome. That. Yeah. Yeah, right. Um, okay. Otherwise, people just kind of struggle. Like, um, you know, my husband has picked up a bit of an Aussie accent from me now, which is pretty funny. My, my sister-in-law and I, we had this moment of, like, complete miscommunication due to accent. And it was my husband's birthday and I was ordering food online. And I said to them, like, what do you feel like? And she was saying something like, what a good. And I'm like what? And I'm like, what's that? She's like, you haven't heard of it before. And she was looking at me like, I was like, no, is it like some kind of Indian dish? I've never heard it. And she was like saying again, like, I'm like, what? And then my husband's in the bedroom and he yelled out, she's saying she wants a burger. (laughs) I was like, oh my God. (laughs) Right. um, Yeah. It was like a a pretty big difference in, in the sound, uh, I guess, of how they pronounce yeah, because some of those words, yeah. in, in India, they, you know, they're like a rhotic language, so they really emphasise their R sound. But even more mm. than like American English, they really roll the R's. So that's mm. why whenever I'm talking, I have to put on an Indian accent with my R sound because, you know, we don't yep. use it. So, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. it's pretty big that way. Um, right. As for slang... A little bit with my husband, like we were talking once about something and I said, we need to get a stat deck. And he was like, a what? I was like, a stat deck. And then like, I was like a statutory declaration, but they don't use that here. They call it an affidavit. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So sometimes it is a little bit complicated. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I am fortunate that like from teaching English, especially from starting teaching kids and stuff that I have a, a rough idea of like the kind of words they use for certain things. But yeah. if it was, if it was something like affidavit or stat deck, I, I would have no idea. I would just say what was intuitive to me. So, uh, yeah, yeah these, these are, these are things that just pop up from time to time. Yeah, exactly right. When they come up and then I think, oh yeah, I should probably explain that. Like the first time I talked to my husband on the phone, um, I picked up the phone. I was like, "Hey, hey, going?" And he was like, uh, "I'm, I'm not going anywhere. I'm at home." <laughs> and that was the moment I realized how you go on with Aussie slang. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Uh, I'd love to hear more of your your English with an Indian accent. Uh, I I do blogs on my other YouTube channel where I do them in Hindi as a way to improve my speaking skills. Oh, so cool. I did one once and. I made a mistake and I said, oh, sorry, instead of sorry. <laughs> so my friend did point that out to me once. She's like, I love how you said sorry in an Indian accent. She's also learning Hindi. I'm like, uh, oh, I just have it. I, I imagine that like, oh, something I want to comment on was it, if these types of things are a lot less sensitive here, you know, like if I was trying to do a certain kind of accent, like no one would think it was racist. They just would think it's funny. Yeah. I feel like in, in Australia, it might be a little bit more, like sensitive some people might call you out for cultural appropriation of sorts or something um but i kind of like it like how it's quite refreshing uh it's yeah you know like because it comes from a good place and not trying to make fun of anyone's culture specifically but yeah i do love accents it's fun yeah 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 (laughs) actually that's a reverse culture shock i had was that there are certain phrases 
that I use here that I've just picked up from being here. Um, in Hindi, they say X second, X means one. So instead of saying one second, one minute, I'll say X minute, X second. Um, and I was saying that so much in Australia. Like if my mum was like, Amanda, I would say X second. I mean, one second. <laughs> It must be yeah. a bit of culture shock for them too. It's like my, my daughter's, uh, you know, she's Indian now. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. my mum came to visit me in May, not last year, the year before. And we went to visit my in-laws at their village. Um, or actually, my mother-in-law came here a couple of days too. And I was the one translating between the two of them. So, like, even though my Hindi is, like, not that great, I was able to basically communicate between them. And, like, so my mother-in-law would say something and I would say, oh, this is what she was saying, and mum would say something. That I was a translator and it was exhausting, <laughs> by the way. Um, and afterwards I said to mum, like, you know, how does that make you feel? She's like, oh, yeah, it's a bit strange, but it's really cool to see. Yeah, yeah, I bet. It was a proud parent moment for sure. It's cool that you get to have that experience of helping bridge the worlds together. Because I feel like for me, when my mum came yeah. to visit Taiwan, she, I mean, her background is way more culturally Aww. similar to Taiwan. Um, yeah. And so she actually speaks Taiwanese as well, which is um, Hokkien. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, because okay. of the reasons I told you before about the, the people from China where they moved to. So yeah. um, she has better conversations and gets along with people better than I do. And and that's like, a, <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay, my mom's cool. But like, it makes me kind of feel like I got to, I got to do some work here. <laughs> yeah. Steffi Gamer. Uh, yeah, that's right. Exactly. Yeah. So it's uh, quite funny. Yeah. Um, but both, yeah, both are cool experiences anyway. Yeah you balance maintaining your Australian cultural identity whilst also trying to embrace and respect Taiwanese culture? Because obviously both of them are a part of your life now. You're kind mm -hmm. of feeling a bit of both. Yeah, so that is a pretty tricky question. Um, I think mm. that um, I think the balance or finding the balance was more about rediscovering my Australianness and realizing that I am yeah. Australian, even though I haven't spent much time in Australia or with Australians, I am very much an Australian person. So, um, yeah. yeah, as I mentioned before, that was the main reason that I, I started the um, Aussie slang game page, um, just as a way mm -hmm. to, to reconnect with that. Yeah. Something I was going to comment on was, um, that because I'm also not working in a Taiwanese company anymore, you know, live here and I can speak Chinese and I can you know, do daily stuff, but I'm not necessarily like embedded like I was before. So I think yeah. I actually have to make more of an active effort to make sure that I'm still mm -hmm. involved and, it's really good at the moment I'm living with my girlfriend and her family. So um, yeah. just living with her parents, it's such a cool experience to live with like a Taiwanese family, a very local Taiwanese family. Yeah, so nice. um, that's sort of keeping me in the loop at the moment. But um, actually I just I have to focus on it on both fronts, I think. Um, yeah. Remembering that I'm Australian, finding a way to stay connected, whether that's friends yeah. or just visiting often enough or the work that we're both doing with uh, helping people. Yeah. Um, moving to Australia and with Australian English, um, but also to yeah. make sure that I'm maintaining and being a part of Taiwanese culture too. What about you? Um, yeah, look, kind of the same, but um, I feel like sometimes it's a bit exhausting, if I'm being completely honest, because like I said before, you kind of feel like you don't belong in either country, and I think that's something that's not talked about enough about moving to a different country. It doesn't matter where you're from, but when you move to a different country, you're never... I think you're never really going to be a part of that country 100% because you've got your own identity, but then you kind of lose pieces of yourself and 
one of my followers had a really good kind of analogy and it's like immigration kind of forces like kind of you to fall into pieces and then rebuild you in a different way but then there's still some pieces missing and I'm like you know that's actually that's how I feel I wouldn't say we have a pretty western life we kind of do like if we think about a typical Indian family and the family dynamics like we don't live in a joint family which living with the in-laws um mm-hmm. which a lot of Indians do, or especially after marriage, my husband is the eldest son, so culturally mm-hmm. it's expected that we would all live together, but his parents know that I'm not from the culture, so they are accepting of us living independently. I was never super, super religious back home. I'm Catholic, but I was never like, I would say, practicing Catholic, but it is something I have embraced more here in India because I feel like India is a really very, very cultural country easy to kind of lose yourself around that so holding on to that kind of cultural identity for me is really important because it does remind me of who I am my husband and his family are really supportive of that they've never tried to get me to convert they're Hindu so we celebrate Hindu holidays and festivals we celebrate Christian holidays and festivals Christmas was obviously last month his family came over and we celebrate Christmas every year together even though Mm. they're not Christian so right. that's been really nice. Um, just like you, as you said, kind of doing this Aussie English thing. I've just loved that I can kind of, I feel like I can express myself freely on my Instagram, whereas I've got like my life in India, YouTube channel and Instagram, and I feel like I'm holding myself a little bit, like you said before, mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. parts of myself um, because I guess Australians are very direct and straightforward and we tend to, you know, some of us like to swear. I do. I'm one of the swearers. Um, and I feel like there's, I'm definitely, <laughs> I definitely kind of um, restrict that part of myself a little bit. So I love that I can freely be myself on my Aussie English channel and page. Um, it has been hard though, trying to navigate the balance between the two because a lot of Indians who follow my other page, G'day Namaste, or like my channel, they kind of expect that because I'm married to an Indian, I should be 100% all in Indian. But I'm mm. never going to be 100% all in Indian because I'm Australian. And I've had comments like that before, like once I posted photos of me on the beach on my other page and someone's like, mm, we don't do that in our culture. You should think of your husband, blah, blah, blah. And this was in Australia, an Australian beach. And I was like, hmm. My husband also married a Westerner. So this is acceptable in our culture and it works both ways kind of thing. So sometimes it's really exhausting trying to balance Mm -hmm. the two. Absolutely. Yeah. It chips away at you slowly. And I think it's always something to be mindful of. And that's why like sometimes yeah. I'll, you know, like an intense craving to have a burger is more than just an intense craving to have a burger. It's like, I need to feel some connection to something that I recognize uh, deeply. So yeah, things like that. I do get those from mm. time to time and there's something I need to to manage. The other misconception I think that you reminded me of is that it doesn't really get easier as time goes on. I think it actually gets harder because um, all these little things pop up um, and you are sort of expected to integrate more and more into the culture, but that takes like active effort. It doesn't just happen automatically. So you're expected to speak Mm. better Hindi. You're expected to understand these invisible cultural norms, (laughs) stuff like that. So it's like, it's fun and it's exciting. Yeah. 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 So it's fun. It's exciting. Um, it's all part of it. Right. 
I was actually also just mm-hmm. thinking how all of this really puts a lot of it does put a bit of strain on all the all our loved ones around us too. Like I was thinking about how much my my girlfriend and her girl, my girlfriend's families had to adapt to having a foreigner living in their house. Like, um, yeah, that that must be kind of an interesting experience for them. Um, and we just take yeah. it like one thing at a time. Uh, but yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's yeah, uh, it's not definitely. easy for everyone. Yeah. No, it's not. It's yeah. Look, it is. Yeah, it is really, really tough. And I think that's what makes us better kind of um, teachers too, because we're more empathetic, we're more patient, and we're more understanding of our students who are in Australia or um, you know have moved to a different country because we're actively living it and going through it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I don't think I would have been able to help the students as much if I wasn't actually. But sometimes I thought like, oh well, I'm not living in Australia, so it would be, you know, there's some things about happening in Australia that I'm not fully in the loop with and it would be better if they had someone yeah. that was in Australia and often yeah. they are asking me like, oh, are you in Australia? And I'm like, no, but I realised that actually it's it's way more powerful the fact that I'm abroad uh, yeah. because I can fully relate to their experience of integrating and it's helped me a yeah. lot. I'm sure it's similar. Yeah. yeah, definitely. And, you know, when I first started Aussie English with Amanda, I was not very, I wouldn't say I wasn't forthcoming about living in India, but I definitely didn't talk about my life here and what I got up to. I kept it very separate um, mm-hmm. because I felt like a fraud. I felt like that I didn't deserve to be talking about Australia because I don't live there. But you're right. I kind of thought the same thing in the end. Like, no, there are so many other teachers I see and I follow on Instagram who are like maybe Americans living in Japan, British living in Korea, whatever it is. And they're very open about their lives abroad. And, like, it was really inspiring to see how they're incorporating, like, their content of where they live to teach English and things like that. Mm. And that inspired me to, like, be a bit more open about my life here and what I get up to. I think the fact that we are in a different country and we're learning a different language and we have those kind of experiences is more powerful. Yeah. And actually, it makes me think I don't focus a lot on being in Taiwan at the moment. Maybe I should a little bit more. It might be interesting to some people. Who, yeah. you know, have an interest in Taiwan. Because um, I think it's definitely interesting being an Aussie in India. Uh, I'm very curious. Yeah. I'm very curious to, to find out about what you're, what you're doing and how it's like for you. Yeah. So um, anything else that you want to add or discuss? I just I want, I want everyone to, to visit my Instagram page that I've been pouring my blood, sweat and tears into. But otherwise, no. That was going to be the next uh, question I was going to say, how to contact you. But yeah. Perfect. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, we'll do um, that. But otherwise, no, not really. Um, it was just, it's so nice to chat. Like, it was really nice to have, I know. A, have a chin wag. Um, so, <laughs> I know it was. Uh, yeah, thanks. I was very yeah, refreshing, for, actually. So, yeah, I, I appreciate, yeah, you um, giving me the opportunity to come and have a chat with you. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. We'll definitely do it again. I, I'm I'm hoping the series goes well. I think it should because people are always saying they want like more listening practice, and I do want to just have mm-hmm. like a variety of different guests on here. But I'll probably mm-hmm. do a round two. We can chat more. Yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah, please. Yeah, that'd be great. So- All right. Thank you.